To see examples of what we talked about on this episode, along with further information, go to bunchofdorks.com. Welcome, everyone, to Two Dimension Podcast. The comic book podcast with no direction. What's up, everybody? You know that song. You know this voice. It's your boy, Rook, hiding out in my palatial, hurricane-proofed home, knowing how exactly how I feel. Joining me today is Don Moore. Hello, everybody. <laughs> As long as we're talking about the apocalypse about to hit Florida, by the way, we're recording this right before Hurricane Ian hits us. Everybody, welcome back to the show. Lori from Path of the Pale Rider. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's Lori Calcaterra. I'm safely in Texas, so my house is not boarded up, but I feel for you guys. Um, having written apocalypse stories, I feel for you. It's coming. <laughs> and it's. It's a fun ride we're in for, but it's one we're experienced. But let's talk about this ride instead. Yes. Minutes before we get on, I get an email from Kickstarter as well announcing... Sent that out. Yep. Campaign number two is coming out on Friday. So for those of you who are listening to this, uh, I don't know what day you're listening to, but uh, campaign is going live September 30th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So... 9.30 on 9.30, guys. We're uh, we're doing it again. Now, all the issues are already written, so at this point, all we're doing is turning around, you know, funds to create the, the art and send the issues out. So we got lots of stuff coming. It's great. You have everything written already. Well, let me say, uh, the whole first arc is written. That's 13 issues for to close out the whole first arc. Okay? And I'm issues into the second arc. And I have intentions of writing a third arc. Wow. Oh, man. You've been busy, busy. I have been so busy. <laughs> like, a lot has happened since the last time I've been on the show. So, obviously, we ran a Kickstarter for number one. We finished 116% of goal, which is amazing for our first time Kickstarter. We had 107 backers. Um, again, amazing. But I worked my butt off. Like, I, I was on something like 32 shows talking about Path of the Pale Rider. It's like every opportunity I have, I was like, yeah, sign me up. Let's talk about it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So it's like, uh, I also have my own YouTube show on um, the comic-related uh, Madness Network. So I'm on every Tuesday uh, at 10, uh, 11 o'clock Eastern. It's 10 o'clock my time. So from 11 to 1 Eastern Standard Time, I'm on a sh- I'm a host of a show. So that just happened recently. Um, I'm also partnered with Charter Comics, who's a publisher who's going to be uh, publishing Path of the Pale Rider. I also have other writing opportunities with them. So I'm going to be involved in like one, two, three different um, properties with Charter. going to be going to cons. I'm going to Cowtown in October. We went to a, a con in Arlington. Like I said, a lot has happened in that short yep. amount of time. It's crazy. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you also, August 15th, gave everybody the update that your characters are now uh, 
uh, part of Slaughterville. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. This is so cool. So my buddy Chris Brown, Chris he develops Brown. board games. He makes. Oh, he board also games. writes graphic novels, by the way. So he does a graphic novel based off of his board game, which is so cool. Hmm. Um, so the board game called Slaughterville. It's basically a town that you get to walk around and battle all these 80s horror um, characters. So, like, but they, they don't call them by their actual name because of, like, licensing and copyright, right? right. So it's like, instead of Freddy Krueger, you fight, like, the knife hand Nightmare Man, mm-hmm. you know? Or instead of um, Candyman, you fight B-Man, stuff like that. But it's those characters that, and they're all in his world, so you can walk around, right? And so... Um, he was running a special where he had like my character and I think two other characters, one from Lycan and one from Sison, where he has these collectible cards. So he has two cards based off of my world. So one, you can wear a disc in his world and it gives you hit points, right? Rook is wearing my t-shirt, guys. I was so excited. Donnie <laughs> and C. Rook wearing the, the dead, the undead disc, the red flatlining <laughs> disc. It's so cool. Um, so there's one of those, and then if you have the misfortune of running into Big James, Big James is now in Slaughterville, and you can't escape him, <laughs> you guys. It's like you ha- you can't escape combat. The only way to get out of that combat is to sacrifice a player. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. That's someone who understands Big James right there. You can't get away from that sucker. Which uh, okay, which leads me to the preview pages you sent us. Uh, yes. Okay, I just want to know, was it a BJ and the Bear reference? Yeah, of course there is. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> because so for everybody we have to have fun with this. I mean, come on. I love it. I, I like as soon as I read that, I'm like, that's a BJ. It's got to be a BJ and the Bear reference. <laughs> yes. Did she just call him what? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I totally 100% did. Right, you... So the bear from the first issue uh, that Jude ends up fighting with uh, takes his horse. Uh, he gets to the town and somebody says, oh, you met did BJ. Or... BJ gets ya. Yep. And he's like, who? He's like, <laughs> Big James the Bear. Could so you explain to the listeners? Out, just like... Could you guys explain to the listeners about BJ and the Bear? <laughs> So, <clears throat> issue number one, you get to uh, go with Jude St. Clair through the apocalypse, right? So, we're 10 years into this disaster. For people who aren't familiar with my work, uh, in this world, the death process is broken. So, um, people, animal, insects, your body can die, but your soul remains in your body for your decay phase. So, you're still conscious. You're still here. You don't rest. You don't transition or pass. So, it's it's a difficult place. Uh, we've had famine and riots and overpopulation, um, government breakdown, government overstep. Um, it just it's it's basically devolved back to the wild west. So that's kind of where we enter this story. So Jude Saint Clair um, is in the wild. In fact, someday when we get to like episodes and it's on Netflix, that's the name of this episode is the wild or into the wild. So Jude is going through, you know, looking for something. And he stops at a town. He asks a lady, like, hey, I'm looking for Santa Claus, which is another funny thing that I did. And there she's like, aren't you too old to believe in Santa Claus? He's like, actually, it's a town of Santa Claus that I'm looking for. 
which is a real place, mind you. They're yeah. in Santa Cruz, yeah. Arizona. Yeah. Uh, so she's like, you know, all the names are gone at this point, but there's a road, I-93, and if you head up that road, there's a town up there. And she's like, it could be it, it might not be, I don't know. So Jude gets to this road, and there's a big old sign right before he goes on the road that says, caution, dead bear. It used to say, like, dead, or caution, or dead end, or something like that, and now it says dead bear. So there's a pretty big sign, like, what's coming, right? So <laughs> him and uh, his horse, Prince, have the have their own conversation about whether they should go or not. And she's kind of like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Witcher, but like mm-hmm. Witcher's horse is Roach, and they kind of have this personal relationship. So that's kind of what they have, right? So he gives her these pair of soft shoes so she doesn't make noise. Happy birthday, Prince. I got you a pair of shoes. Um, and they go down this road. Jude stops to pull a, a glass out of a zombie hand. So there's a guy that's like crushed under a rock, like Looney Tunes style, throw off the cliff. He's just flat like a pancake with his hand sticking out. And um, so Jude wrenches this thing out, goes flying through the air. He dives to catches it, risks his own life, which is stupid, um, and takes a look at it. It's this glass with a map of Las Vegas on it, which is really cool. Um, I actually, those are real glasses. I sent one to Marco (laughs) when he finished the issue. I was like, here you go, buddy, enjoy. Um, So this glass, so Jude's kind of like, what am I doing that was so dumb? You know, pay attention to my surroundings, shoves it in his saddlebag and goes around this corner. And there's all these crows heading that way. So there's kind of like, I don't know what's around this corner. And of course, they find this carcass of this giant bear. It takes up the entire road. So on the right side of the road is a cliff going up, so he can't go up. And on the left side of the road is a cliff going down, so he cannot. There's, there's, he has two choices: go over the bear, or go back. That's it. So they go over this bear, and the poor horse trips on the road. Like infrastructure is dilapidated; it's falling apart. She trips on a pothole. Out comes this glass that Jude stopped to pick up, shatters. And now the bear is awake. So there are consequences to your actions in this world, no matter how insignificant you think they are. That's the whole point of this issue. Yeah. How perilous this world is. So BJ, this bear, um, just doesn't want anybody on his road. He's missing part of his face. His throat's open. Like, the birds are eating him. He's just a very angry (laughs) bear. And he's an apex predator. So as big you know about bears, they can run faster than you, they can climb trees, they can swim. You can't get away from this thing. Um, and it's, spoiler alert, you haven't read it, uh, what happens is Judith and his horse Prince are trying to get away from this thing, and they don't make it. Um, the bear swipes the legs out from under the horse, Jude goes flying off and gets knocked out, um, and the, boor- the bear mauls Prince, whose full name is Diana Prince. By the way, Um, yeah, she has a star on her forehead, which Rook, do you remember looking at that blood pool? This is why I cannot wait to go back and color this, which we'll talk about. Um, Flip back to that page where Jude is looking at his own reflection in the blood pool. Oh, do you see what's in the blood pool? It's her star from her forehead. Oh, man. A chunk of her flesh is in that blood pool looking back at him. 
So, and of course, he's sobbing because it's his fault. He owns it. Um, you know, he's looking for this guy named Dwayne Dwayne Fink. Um, so, you know, when he got tossed from the horse, all his crap went everywhere. Kind of like Charlie Brown when he's like throwing the baseball and someone hits the baseball back, and I mean, like flies out of his socks and his clothes. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of yeah. moment. Like, dude's stuff is everywhere. <clears throat> so he slowly goes around, picks up what he he wants, and during that sequence, I think I'd say something like. Um, what does it say, Rook? Uh, Prince, this is my fault. <clears throat> yeah. Or wait, uh, which part are we we looking at? The, the part where he's not talking. So, like, I'll, I'll get it. I know what okay. you're trying to refer to. You blew it, Rook. <laughs> I blew yeah, it. So he's just like he's crying. He says, "Got to keep going. Pick up the pieces." Yeah. Because the answer's out there, and I'm gonna find it no matter the cost. And he says goodbye to Prince picks up his hat he kind of has that indiana jones moment where the hat always comes back and as he's walking away you focus in on that star again the, that yeah oh, there man. she is left behind um and he's walking into Santa claus and Dwayne think you better be worth it yeah so oh, man. of course he's not <laughs> for those yeah, of you who are like look and i both have our copies out and like one of the cool things i did in the back is there a crossword puzzle? Did you yeah. did you see what this is, Rook? I did. I did see the crossword. I didn't do it. I, I don't, not the crossword, but this. Look, let me show you yeah. something. Yeah, on the back cover? Yeah. Did you yes. see? Yeah. Because now you can read the words. Not like that, dude. Put it up on there and I'll then go across. If you go across this far edge, you'll find the riddle. Oh, that's neat. Oh. The red reveal. Only five people have solved it. Apparently, I made it too hard. <laughs> the next riddle is easier. I had a bunch of people solve it when I beta tested it. So I'm like, okay, I can't put this up on the Kickstarter because people will be answering the second riddle before the answer. Oh, yeah. First one. So, oh, I see it now, Dan. Yeah, there you go. I figured it out before. Now you've got it. Uh-huh. I only put like 16 hints up on my social media, Rook. <laughs> <laughs> well, we lost Rook for the show. Sorry about that. Yeah, I know. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I gotta go. I got a riddle to solve. Okay. Um, oh, you're, um, I may have cheated a little bit with the new riddle uh, that you sent us the preview of. Did you my figure it out like, already? <laughs> they, what? My wife knows sign language. <laughs> I made I made her yeah. read it to me. <laughs> Yeah. We're introducing sign language in the next comic. So that's one of the things that Jude can do uh, is he can use, utilize uh, American Sign Language. Now, he is hearing, uh, but there is someone in his life that uh, was not hearing. They were deaf. So one of the things that he, do- that he does, and I'm so sorry, <laughs> um, is he likes to double talk. So he might say one thing to your face. And then swear at you with his hands. So he's going to be like (laughs) 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 playing cards and talking shit with his hands and like, "Uh uh-huh, everything's great. Yeah, you know. Um, And it's just one of the things that he does. So um, that's why it's like the riddle is is sign language in this one. But you guys will all see kind of what's in store uh, in this next issue. So Nice. Now, you mentioned color. Yes. One of the pages is colored, and may I say, beautifully colored as well. Marco's a great colorist, man. 
is amazing. Full color on the next issue. So let's talk about this. So in our first Kickstarter, we had our goal, which was for black and white, and then we had a color stretch goal. We were about a thousand dollars away from that stretch goal. Now, if we have grown and we have attracted that audience like I think we have, we will have no problem hitting that stretch goal for color. Okay, so we have actually, we have a few stretch goals, like if we get 100 backers, I'm gonna release the blooper reel for the um, the short film. Um, at, I think our, our goal is the same, it's 4550. Okay, 4550 will get us a black and white comic, issue number two. Uh, 5,000, I'm gonna pass out prints. Uh, it's that splash page from the first book for the um, the big James Bear with Jude panicked in the front. Marco colored that one. I'm going to send prints out to everybody with the physical backing level. Um, I think at 6,500, I'm going to uh, we're going to color issue number two, and it will be released from the get go in color. I think we can do it. We ended at 5,200 last time. We're, we were close, right? Well, and you. You haven't even started yet, and you've got 51 people just sitting waiting. I know. And these are all people that I know are going to back, right? It's not like fluff, because I've seen people have like 150 people signed up at pre-launch, and they're a weekend, and they have 29 people that have backed. Yeah. It's different. You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah. So, I I don't think we're going to have that problem. I think I'm I'm a lot more visible than I was, and like I said, I have grown a lot. Um, so again, if we get to that 4,500, issue two will be in black and white. If we get to that stretch goal, I would love to just do color, and I'm pretty confident we're going to get there. If we get to, I think, 7,500, we're going to go back and color issue number one and re-release it. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the next question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, we're doing a limited release of issue number one in color. That blood pool is going to hit so much harder in color, and especially Marco's color. Yeah, because yeah, his color is absolutely just beautiful. I mean, it, it adds so much. And people are like, oh, I like black and white. I do too. I'm a fan mm. of black and white, but have you seen Marco Color? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the color page pops so much. I mean, yes. he's just got a beautiful color palette that he's working with. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's browns and tans, and it, it's very earthy, very Western Greens color. Greens, and like he beautiful. just has everything. I don't know how he does it. Like, how do you pick that because me i'd be like oh you know i'd look outside and use the color scheme that's outside he's like no we're going like it's it's art people um when you look at those preview pages i give you the first four pages of issue two let's talk about that because what did, what was your um reaction to finding out who Dwayne fink is that's what i want oh man I'm like, of course it's some crazy old drunk man <laughs> dancing on a table. <laughs> it falls off the table. <laughs> oh, my God. I had so much fun, like, because I let her, right? So it was like, ah, my head hurt. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. I was like, oh. I, Dwayne's one of those characters. I love to write him because he's so just out there and crazy. Um, but he has this like nonchalant attitude to being in the apocalypse, and who knows how he has survived this long? Honestly, <laughs> I don't know. he just oh, does. Man. Yeah, and I, I mean, it just—I I love love the stuff that I'm seeing for issue two already. I mean, it's just a couple of pages. I mean, you know, there's so much character in the town that he's in. 
just walking up to it. Yes. You know, and so, you know, it's, it, it, there's there's a lot going on. There's so many questions I have, but I'm, I'm I also don't want to spoil it for myself. <laughs> uh, well, I won't spoil it. For, I'm laughing because I know what Don's doing right now. Look at him; he's looking yeah. at the issue. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I haven't had a chance today, so yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead, right along. We'll we'll keep talking. We're good. <laughs> so, one of my variant covers, uh, the red one. That's our that's our yes. Christmas cover we're going to be fulfilling towards the end of the year so like right after Christmas so if you're a horror fan um, and you want something that's like horror and Christmas <laughs> we combined the two it's yeah, there's a lovely funny. Christmas tree on the cover it's a Christmas tree it's like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree and um, Santa Claus that town decorated it with zombies um, it's just like it's such a oxymoron where it says welcome to Santa Claus and like I haven't seen anything in you know, so that says stay the F away more than this tree. You know what I mean? Like stay out. Yeah. That's what this tree says. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, well, I but mean, that's the, Santa Claus. The walls of the town. I mean, just everything walking in. Oh, you know. Yeah, zombies are spiked outside as a warning. You know? They don't watch you if you're undead. You stay away. And then what? You get into town and they're hanging from the street. It's <laughs> so. Talk about the pop figure for a second. The oh, you want to talk about pop Funko? Before I say that, let me just tilt up and be like, <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> Rook, <laughs> I got a treat for you, sir." Shelf of pop figures surrounding this whole room, so oh, man. I have to talk about the pop figure. Okay, so last campaign, I, it was one of those things like. When it's your first time, you don't really know what's going to hit, right? So last campaign, I did a single Funko Pop, like one only. And um, I priced it kind of high, and I was just kind of like, no one's going to no one's gonna back this. And someone did. The second person to, to back our campaign snagged this. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm, I'm paying attention now, right? Um... And then when they were made, the guy, the guy, there's a man and wife that run this shop, and they're amazing. Um, they, they're fans of Path of the Pale Rider, they're in the fan group. Um, they follow along what we're doing, and uh, I mean, this Funko Pop is is so detailed. Like if you look at it, he has his tool belt, he has his machete, he has his gun, he has like his knee pad, his shoulder pad, his hat is pristine. Like he has everything there. Uh, based off of Marco's character sketch. So if you guys go to my face, my personal Facebook, not the Path of the Pale Rider, and look at my picture behind my like little profile circle, that's Jude St. Clair's like, um, character sketch that Marco did. So that's what we sent to these guys to, to custom make this Funko Pop. And it is, it is by far the coolest thing I've ever held in my hand to see the character that I breathe life into as a Funko. And then everybody wanted one, Rook. <laughs> Yep. Like, how do I get one? How do I get it? And I was just like, okay. So we're opening this up for the second Kickstarter. Um, I, my my sculptor friend, he can make 50 of them max wow. in that time frame. So that's capped at 50. So it's still going to be a limited edition Funko. You know what I mean? So what we did is, like, um, the lady that got her Singularity one is in a white box. 
Okay, so she's the only one that's going to have that collector's white box, one of one. I have one in a brown box. If Marco chooses to purchase one, he will also have a brown box. So we'll be two, okay? Everybody else wants a one, uh, the one of 50 will be an orange box. Okay, it's the same design, just different color, but it kind of tells you, you know, how rare it is, right? Um, And there will be a singularity level again for a a Funko Pop of Big James the Bear. Oh, man. So you got to get on there. (laughs) The lady that got the last one, she's gunning for it, Rook. She's gone. And she knows where I live, and if she doesn't get it, she's going to be pissed. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's one of those. So that person will get the white box, big James bear, whoever backs that first. I can't control that. So if you're listening, Rachel, I can't help it. Um, and then the third campaign that we do again, we'll open that up for the 50 limited edition orange box, uh, big James bear. And we'll probably do a Dwayne Fink singularity. Nice. So if, if people like it, I will do it. Um, one of the other things that I got when I was listening to people uh, on my other interviews, they were all asking, like, based off of my world, it's like, you know, uh, you, you can make all these decisions and there's like ethical decisions that you have to make in this world. Right. Whether you support the undead, where you want them to live apart, do you take away their rights. Um, do you hide them in your house? Um, do you call the anonymous line to turn them in? Um, stuff like that. So a lot of the feedback I was getting was. This would make a really cool choose-your-own-adventure. Yes. So guess what I did? I wrote a (laughs) choose-your-own-adventure. I love (laughs) it. So that's a backing level. My favorites. I love those as a kid. Oh, you're going to love that. Um, Okay, so that one... (laughs) That one, I have only 22 available as a backing level, but I have add-ons... So if you get, like, the Funko Pop level, you can add on a choose-your-own-adventure. Okay. Um, but I limit that to 25. I don't... Do I have to do at this point? I don't think I do. Now that I'm picked up with Charter Comics, I don't have limitations of what I can print like I did with Comics Wellspring. Comics Wellspring is absolutely great. I had a great experience with them. The only thing is, is that um, they have a minimum of 25 that has to be printed of anything. Okay. So the choose your own adventure books are expensive. They're they're they cost double what it takes me to print the comics. Yeah. So I didn't want to promise them and then be forced to order like fifty one. You know what I mean? Because that one extra one I have to now order seventy five. Could I sell them afterwards? Probably, but again, it's like I don't want to be out of money where I can't do other things yeah. that are fun for the fans. Like. Um, the riddle, when you solve the riddle something will happen after that and that cost me money to do it you know what I mean because you get to interact with my world you're trying to balance interaction and the world with the product being produced so yeah I can totally understand where you're coming from with that right, So, but now that I'm with Charter if I want to order four, I can order four there you go. So maybe I take away the, the limitation on that. Because I would really like for people to be able to order the Choose Your Own Adventure. It's such a cool experience. Mm-hmm. It's 60 pages. Um, there is some in 
interior art, not flat, but there is some interior art done by David Rodriguez, who did the, um, the zombie cover with a disc. And then if you, yeah, so if there's zombie cover with a disc, he actually did cover B on this one, which is the Jude St. Clair behind bars with the right. half the yep. skull. So he's doing uh, the interior art. And then Marco DeFillo is doing a double spread cover. You call that a spread, double spread? So he's doing the front and back cover is like one thing when you open it up. It's he's showing me his um, pencil working today. It's amazing. So it'll be penciled on Friday. So if you guys want to see it, come on to the pre or the the launch party because okay. I'll show it on the launch party so you guys can see the cover. It's <laughs> very dramatic and. <laughs> and it makes me laugh. So you know there's some gore involved because it makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and gore makes you laugh. That's it good. does. I don't know. I'm weird like that. I love how demented you are with some of this stuff. You you got like these little puns and these little homages and then you just like gore. <laughs> yeah. Um, what amazes me on all this is on the story, as we talked before, you kept making my, my brain fold in on itself. You did that about eight times. And I always make the joke every time I talk about you, I says, don't ever play cards or poker with Lori, you know, it's um Or chess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking of that, I am the worst chess player in the world. I like the game, <laughs> but boy I get mad because I, I I go in it's like a battle of wits with unarmed opponents and I am the king of that. Um I don't know why I don't see a, a strategy, and you know you're bad when the person playing you goes, oh, "Do you really want to make that move?" Yeah, I know. So anyway, I won't. I love you, but I won't be playing chess or poker or anything else with you. But what I, amazes me, the story. I'm so, so much today too. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, John. The story is so well conceived and it's unique, but you keep throwing things in, but. The other part that amazes me is, like I said, at one point we lost Rook because you're showing how to solve a puzzle. And now you're talking about these make-your-own-adventure books. How are you coming up with this stuff? Is this something that just comes with what you're doing? Or, I mean, are you, are you using a different channel to think of these things and you add them in? Or is this all just coming in all at once? Because I find this fascinating. Well... When I conceived Path of the Pale Rider, the first thing I did before I wrote the story was the world building. I spent a lot of time figuring out the ins and outs, um, how the rules work, how the death process works. You know what I mean? Because people are like, well, what if? And I'm like, yeah, nope, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? And they're like, and what about this? And I'm like, well, this would happen. You know what I mean? So I have the whole world built. It's and then I wrote Jude and his path through it. Now, again, there is so much of this world out there that you're not going to see all of it if you just read the main comic. Now, the main comic is great. That's the death, dying, destruction, the meat, the potatoes. That's the main storyline, right? Those are your main players. But if you want to see, like, what is the undead underground? and how they help the undead move from maybe a living community to an undead community without getting captured. How they would hack a disc. What combination of things would they uh, put together and put on their skin to stop decay or to pass as human? 
that's the kind of stuff that you're going to experience in the other material. So between the riddles and the short films and the choose your own adventures, you're going to see much more of this world than what we get from Jude's lens. Because Jude is one person moving through the world, right? If he hmm. doesn't see it, you're not going to see it. But there's so many other cool things that I have written. I was like, we got to experience this. Well, I have to ask you, as someone who is an avid tabletop gamer, um, yes. How much how much RPG gaming have you done in your life? Because you sound like a dungeon master talking about their world that they've been writing for years, and I, I, like I I know the feeling because I I just finished six years of a game, so oh my gosh. yeah, and it's the the passion that you're talking about with all of these things that aren't being seen in the main story is how I feel about so many things that people didn't get to see in the world I built for them. Yeah. So I, I got to know, are you a tabletop gamer? No, I, I enjoy tabletop. Um, I enjoy like Dungeons and Dragons and role play. I don't get to do them nearly as much as I want to. Um, I am in a D&D campaign right now, but it's like as adults and we all get busy, it's like, hey, is everybody available on Thursday at two? No, I can't. I got to pick up my kid or my kids is this and I got an appointment and blah, blah. And it just doesn't happen. Right. So six years of a campaign is a huge accomplishment. And also kind of sad. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, it's over. You oh, know? No, it's not no. over. They, OK, uh, well, that's about it. I love it. We the actually start again Saturday. I start again. Same world or different world? Same world. Okay, just choose same, a different path. Same world, same players, new story. 30 exactly. years. Exactly. That's awesome. And I, it's like, I thought about that. When I started the new campaign recently on d and I was like, what if I built a D&D based off of Path of the Pale Rider? Hmm. But that's basically what the Choose Your Own Adventure is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it is, but you've definitely but it created enough material and and world for for a campaign setting i mean yeah that, absolutely that's that's fantastic and i love absolutely love it uh, you know that that's one of the things i think that draws me to this book the most is hearing you talk about how much work you've put into the world building and everything that's happening but like you just said, you're only seeing Jude's perspective. What right. what he experiences is what we experience, and there's so much more out there for everybody. You know, yes. I, I, that's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Well, if you love that, please go back to um, the Choose Your Own Adventure in one way, shape, or form, because um, when I beta tested it, Rook, everybody died. Um, I have some hugely <laughs> spectacular deaths. Um, really gruesome. There might be a bear in there. It's not Big James, but there might be a bear. Um, and like things that um, it's I I took from the main storyline at times. So there are some characters that you're going to see reoccurring in Path of the Pale Rider. Like Jude will come across them. You'll see locations that he will come across. So you you uh, I might not explain it as much in the main story, but you're going to get that backstory in the choose your own adventure. Um, so the way I kind of did it is there's a, a first half and a second half of the book. So it's like you, you can run bounties um, or you can join the protection caravan. And then if you survive long enough to get back to the saloon, then you start again. So it's like <laughs> since everybody dies so much, I, I had mercy. So if you get back to the saloon. You have to go back to the beginning. If you die, you go back to the saloon and you start again at the saloon. 
Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's grisly, it's gory. Um, it has really a couple really cool endings that I've built in where it's like you can take on a persona uh, at the end. You can choose which persona fits you, one or the other. Um, and again, a lot of these characters are you're going to see walking around in the main story, so that's fun. Actually, I um, I have a stretch goal. There is this gnarly character that I have called the Skinner. Yes, it's every bit is what you think it is. That face is correct. <laughs> <laughs> He's called the Skinner. My eyebrows for a just reason. went up, and I'm like, uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so if we do well enough to get to $10,000 on this campaign, that pays for me to have a one-shot done on the Skinner. So you guys can have the backstory of this character itself. Um, and I'm going to have Allison and McGlone do it because uh, she's one of my besties. And she does this like super cartoony, ultra-violent style, which is so cool. Um, so she's going to, we're going to dice some people, I'll tell you that Slice and dice. Nice. But we got to get there first. So it's like, if we don't, again, if we don't hit it this time, we can hit another time. Um, I'm always thinking ahead about some of the cool things we can do. Um, But yeah, you'll see one shots on different characters or you'll see like YouTube videos where we explore other things. Um, I have an idea for a podcast that's 100% fictional based in the world. Um, Yeah, I got lots of plans. Nice. All right. Well, this sounds like a lot for normal people, but when we first came on, you were telling me that you had so many exciting things going on. So this doesn't sound like enough for you. So what else have you got going? Well, I was telling Rook, uh, I got picked up by a publisher, so I'm going to be writing not only Path of the Pill Writer, I'm writing a, a project with Allison McGlone called The Sentinel Project, which is about, again, the apocalypse, but really different. Um, more, it's like Mecca and what is that movie with Christopher Walken? The Prophecy? Uh, yeah, yeah where, where the, the angel? angels are the bad guys? Yes, the Prophecy series. Mm-hmm. And it has like the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse in a different way than you would think of. So I'm writing that with her. Um, I'm going to be writing <laughs> all stuff. I just picked up the three. It's, okay. Have you, have you are you familiar with Psycho Sal? Have you heard of that title? Of what? Psycho Sal, no. Psycho P S Y C H O Psycho, and then his la- his name S A L. No, I'm Sal. not familiar. Okay. I'm not familiar. I think issue one is out. So um, Chris Hayes, who's one of the CEOs of Charter, he's writing issue one, two, and three, which is from the perspective of like the police who are finding. Uh, a serial killer in I think they're in Louisiana yeah they're in New Orleans okay. Baton Rouge one of the other um, so there's a serial killer functioning there and so they they find a body and they're starting to put the pieces together so one two and three are from the police point of view four five and six are from the victim point of view and then seven eight and nine are from the serial killer's point of view Wow. So I'm going to be writing four, five, and six from the victim's point of view. I was petitioning for the psychopath ones (laughs) because I wanted to do them. (laughs) But they wanted, okay, because the victim is obviously female, so they wanted a female to write, you know, from a female point of view what the victim would be like. But I was like, you do know who I am, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just checking. Okay, I can write that too. Why not? (laughs) 
<laughs> so there's just lots of stuff coming on. Um, yeah, and, uh, I don't know. Did you hear, Don, that I have a show on Tuesdays? You mentioned that's the um, it's a YouTube show, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're familiar with Pops Van Zant, um, he kind of pilots this whole network of people, and um, it's called the Comic Related Madness Network. And so there's like live, you know, draw streams and um, we t- there's two guys, they call them the old old guys, I think the old guy show, where it's like two guys that have been collecting comics for decades and they just bring out what they have and they show it off and they talk about it. <laughs> um, that's the D&D games that we play. It's, it's broadcast on that channel. Um, so we have all sorts of stuff on that channel. Um, Paul Gomez does a show about like the realities of publishing. So for anybody that's new comics like myself, I'm always on Paul's show because he's talking about like, why do you need an editor? What does an editor do? What should you expect from an editor? You know what I mean? You know, how do you pitch? How do you how do you pitch to like image and scout? And um, you can't you can't pitch to boom because they just they're not accepting submissions. But like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? He'll answer all those questions because he's done it. So to have someone with that knowledge and be willing to share it for free and to be able to interact with this person. So I was on his show and I was just typing in the chat like, hey, Paul, can you answer me this? And he was like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about blah, blah. You know what I mean? That's That's amazing. That's a a fantastic show for anybody who's interested in publishing their own book and doing their own work. That's I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the key is like if you don't know how to do something, find someone that's done it. And is willing to answer your questions. Ask everything you can think of and listen. So did you did you meet him? Uh, did, did this show start before the first issue or after or after the first issue? After, came? after. So I had already published before I met Paul. Um, a lot since the first issue publishing. You you you're so much. Got a whole new perspective on it. Oh my gosh, it's like we went through a Kickstarter, so it's like I'm much more familiar with that process and what it's like, um, the fulfillment process, the survey process, um, shipping things, um, you know, learning how to, where do you go to get all the postage, um, what kind of things are you, how are you mailing it, are you using Gemini mailers, are you boarding and backing, the correct way to ship comics. So do do not just put it in a piece of aluminum foil and then in a bag. Then it's going to fly, people. Um, You know, but like you, you had a T-shirt. Could I fit the T-shirt in the mailer? So I had to like try that. You know what I mean? And I found out that if I I sucked all the air out of it, like it fit. It was great. (laughs) Well, it it arrived in perfect condition, as you see. And it's it's already been through the wash several times. So for for that to be in this condition because uh, I did screen printing at one point. Yes. This this is in great condition considering it's been through my washing machine like three or four times already. So that's 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 great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um the lady that I use is fabulous and she's going to be doing my t-shirts for the next campaign as well. Hmm. Nice. So. nice. Oh, I we have, have plans for that. Too, eh? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Jude St. Clair doing the bullshit. <laughs> and then P-O-T-P-R spelled out in sign language with hands, you know, so I think that will be a lot of fun. You heard it here first, right? Because I haven't shown anybody what I'm planning because I always do a collectible sticker. Um, We're doing a t-shirt and the keychains, I am upgrading the keychains 100%. I was 
I mean, they were okay last time, but they were, you know, like, to me, they look cheap. I'm not about that. They were a keychain. I, I, I know. I didn't feel it was a cheap, it, it was a it was a good keychain. Trust me, it, I tried making keychains once, they're horrible, uh, I failed horribly. <laughs> so, yours is surviving on my keychain. Well, which, that's good. Being somebody who works outdoors for any keychain to survive is miraculous. (laughs) Well, I'm going to stop leather on the next one. So there'll be aluminum disc, and then I'll have a piece of stamped leather with my symbol underneath it. So I'm going to be a lot nicer. And then one after that, I have plans. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even tell you about the other. Sorry. I get too excited. No, no, keep going because that's what we're asking. So, okay, so okay, I was excited because I I now have the opportunity to have metal covers. I didn't have that opportunity before, but Charter will help me print on metal. So, metal cover. I'm doing a limited of those. Uh, we have the Funko Pops, and then I'm doing this this very school. Well, I'm doing twenty of them. They're called the Bones of Despair. Now, if you know anything about my world. You are still stuck in your bones in this place. Right. Right? So I kind of think of it as your bones are like a seashell. You put it up to your ear and you can hear the voices of the damned in the bones. So let your imagination run with that, Rook, because this one's the super secret. I'm not telling people what it is. So you'll have to, you're like, if people back this level... They'll have to post a picture on social media so people can see what it is because this is something I'm putting a, I'm putting a lot of time in it. And that says something when I put a lot of time in, uh, into a product. But if you, it's like something you'll be able to put on a shelf and it's going to look nice but also be a little gruesome <laughs> and have a lot of meaning behind it. So there you go. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> you mentioned sticker, and I just want to talk about yes. the sticker that is on – the back of the pla- of the bag and board that's that's on here. I love this sticker. Thank you. It, you know, rather than just a, a a basic piece of tape, it's this great skull sticker with symbol on the forehead. I love What's that. The symbol mean? Nobody knows. That's okay. <laughs> I haven't told anybody yet. That's a super secret too. But when you figure that say, out, I was gonna say, uh, have you seen that symbol is somewhere else in the book. See, I looked at it and saw a bind ruin. So uh, that, ruin? that's like a bind ruin, where you take two runes and put them together. So that's where my mind went. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yep, I see it. The very first page here. Ah, oh, I totally passed by that and didn't even notice it. But that's Ooh. how I roll. Yeah. I, I have already given you the answers to everything. All of the answers. I told you, I love doing stuff like this because it's like the people that appreciate this stuff, you know what I mean? To be like, oh my God, what is that? And oh my God, it's on the sticker. I wonder what that means, you know? And then put extra thought into it and you'll see it show up other places and then you'll find out what it is. How did you get that sticker so straight on the, on the bag? That was my question. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I, 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 like, that's how I roll. on the back of this. I mean, when he, he pulled it up, I thought, "Well, that's like a machine did it." That's um, mine would have been on an angle. 
<laughs> nope, that's me. That's that's really sharp. Um, I just want to see when you're talking about the black and white pages. Yeah. And we said this before in the past. I really like the artwork. I I hadn't had a chance to look at the messages you sent today, and I, I was yeah. looking at them as, as you were talking, and I saw the color page that you you guys are talking about, which is astounding. But you know, I hope the black and white still keeps coming up because he has um the way he's inking is he he's playing with different line weights. I mean that's not unique, yeah. but it's how he does it. He's getting the depth. Um, at a certain point, it's a thicker line. Um, Windsor McKay that did Little Nemo way back in the turn of the century, he did this a lot. Um, other people do it, but his is distinct. And when it was in color. It's still there, but I don't notice it as much. I was saying that the color is astounding. Yeah. It's a completely different look. But the black and white, in his case, it's not an absence of color. And a lot of times, I've even said this about certain artists, sometimes they kind of need a, a gray tone in it to kind of give it a depth. He doesn't need any he gray doesn't. tone. No, oh, he's, right. he's got a weight, he's got a depth, and it's just he doesn't use a lot of blacks from the stuff I've seen and um, which right. again I do like that but this one he's able to work with it and he doesn't need it uh, the artwork and I've said this to you before is astounding I just want to bring this one up again um, and one other question when you're talking about the BJ reference can either one of you I tell our listeners about what that reference is from go ahead Rook you take it away <laughs> So BJ and the Bear was a um, series back in the what, what was that? The it was the late seventies. Was in the seventies or the eighties? Late late seventies. I think it went into the eighties, but it was the late seventies. Which is what I'm asking because okay. neither one of you must have been alive when this show was on TV. So go ahead. <laughs> I think we were. I was born in 1980, so like I was, I was born in 81. So, so yeah, oh jeez. Oh, came on in 79, so yeah, that's around. So four seasons, man. So, uh, I didn't think they showed this show. This show, we're not. We're talking about. I never saw it. I remember seeing commercials. It was a truck driver with a yep. monkey with a chimpanzee, and. <laughs> I just remember I'd see commercials for it. Um, if you lived through the 70s, in 75, CD, CB radios was a crave. It was something I never heard yeah. of. And my dad was a ham radio operator. You know, you had to get a license. You had to test and do all this stuff. CB, nothing. You bought the radio, and all of a sudden, everybody in 1975 bought a CB radio. They were everywhere. It permeated society. And then truck drivers got to be the thing. Truckers, all the stuff. There was novelty songs on, tea, on the radio about truckers. And then BJ and the Bear came out sometime a little bit later. And I just remember um, there was a party for the basketball team. And one of my friend's parents, his mother, who was a terrific lady, she said, Oh, you can't keep me from watching BJ and the Bear! So that's that trucker monkey show. But again, I... I thought it was kind of at the end of the 70s, maybe in the 80s. You two showed up when that show was gone. How in the world did you ever see this? Listen, though. I mean, if you, if you look at the innuendo and the things that I'm, I'm referencing in this comic, it's, it's that stuff. It's 
eat spaghetti westerns. It's Clint Eastwood movies that I watched. My dad was watching them. You know what I mean? And I happened to be there. And so that's where I love, you know, learn to love spaghetti westerns, yeah. Star Wars, Star Trek. You know, I, there's Jude going around the corner with all the crows. He says, I have a bad feeling about this. It's like um, when he falls off the horse, he says, uh, I'm too um, too old for this shit. Like, huh. yeah, lethal weapon. I mean, it's like you can see all this other pop culture reference that I put in this. So, yes, it's a spaghetti western, but it's really a love letter to all the different shows I have watched growing up with my dad, with my mom, and just science fiction and, and drama and horror and, like, all of that that's built into me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It comes out in the story. Um, Diana Prince being the horse. It's, like, it's it's all there. So if you guys know these references like BG. <laughs> You're the only one that got that rook, so. <laughs> well, this you, is what amazes me. All, all um, the other references you made are, are references that have lived on. I mean, everybody, yeah. even if they don't watch them, BJ and the Bear didn't make that bus. No, I don't think mm-hmm. so. You know, I mean, I'm surprised actually that you two know it. I, I've never seen the show. <laughs> I remember the commercials, I remember, you know, references. But that show is. I. Anyway, I, it's fantastic. It's, so all the other stuff you mentioned... Bear is just one of those classic... Actually, I think they... Classic... I think Turner Classic uh, Television even still shows it. <laughs> do they really? They I bet they do. If they do, I'll have I'm a link to it. Because I know a lot of people listening are probably either too older to, to remember that show or they weren't around when that show was on. Well, so. People listening, go Google that. <laughs> It'll be on <laughs> the blog. <laughs> It'll be on the blog. So, uh, streams anywhere? Actually, I'm looking. And I'm not finding it. I was gonna say I haven't seen it forever. Yeah, I, I, well, I've, I've never seen it. I just remember it was at the end of the '70s, into the early '80s. So, I well, don't know how well, long it was on. But um, I was real big into like Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. So, like, BJ and the Bear, uh, it just, that was some of the weird stuff I watched during the summers. So, there, yeah. BJ and the Bear was on NBC, and NBC had, I guess they had a block of shows. Uh, what was that guy, Claude Rains? He was in a show called Moving On. It was a trucker. I just remember these from the commercials, but there was a bunch of. Yeah, truck driving TV. shows. <laughs> yeah, because of the CBs, right? We yeah. had one. We had one, of course. We had go on vacation, and we would drive in a caravan of families, and everybody had their CB so we could talk to each other while we were in the car. Hey, one of my buddies just restored a uh, Caballero, and it still has a CB in it. That's <laughs> <laughs> classic. We were hanging out last week, and uh, something got said about the CV, and he's like, yeah, it's like dead quiet. Nobody talks. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody has cell phone now. They don't need it. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask you, Rook, um, did you want to do a conspiracy theory interview for my next short film? Because <laughs> I, I need some more. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> I typically have them done prior to Go Live, but this one is not ready uh, because everybody's been so busy, I didn't gather enough. I should have started earlier is what I think because being an adult is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, I was like, yeah, you're going to send me an interview. And they're like, yeah, we'll do it. And then I still don't have them. Yeah. So um, I have a 
I have a bunch, but I, I would like a couple more. Um, so on the Kickstarter page, when you scroll all the way to the bottom, is where I have that short film. I put Pine Fox back up, and then uh, when the conspiracy theory interviews are done, I'll post that one so people will be able to see it. But um, if you're looking, it's just like a minute. Pick any reason why you think the death process got broken. Go outside, turn your phone the long ways, and record yourself. I can green screen my hand with my microphone into the shot so it looks okay. like I'm there. And uh, I've had some Go pretty on. interesting responses so far. So Let's do it. I'll film it in the middle of the hurricane. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I don't know about that, dude. I don't want you to risk your life for me. Woo! <laughs> This is a serious fan, people. <laughs> That'd make an awesome, ma- uh, awesome skyline, though. Doing it, <laughs> yes, it would. That'd be really cool. Like, if you watch Pine Fox, my husband's talking at one point where he's like, "If you want to live out your AD years, blah blah blah." And there's a thunderstorm coming in the background with lightning, so it's just like, "Yeah, that's so cool." It's like ominous. Yeah. Like, if you don't look, you'll miss it, kind of thing. <laughs> oh, that's neat. Well, um, that? On your own. When you're finished the path of the Pale Rider, do you have plans for other other stories? Yeah, I have one that I previously wrote for the production company called The Agency, which I'm ready to pick back up. Um, I have 12 issues of it already written, and um, so that's the arcs on that one are six issues. So it'd be six issues, and then another six issues will take you to. And I like doing things in threes. I don't know, maybe it's the Catholic girl that I grew up uh-huh. as. Um, so it's like. It needs a whole nother section to close that out too, which I have not written. So I have that, and then I have another series that I just barely scratched the surface where it's like a supernatural superhero, kind of like uh, in the world of John Constantine. Hmm. Okay. Um, so I have that that I started. I wrote the prologue, and it's insane. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is the scariest thing I've ever written. Um but that's as far as I got because then Path of the Pale Rider started to go. Right, you know right. what I mean? So, so I have other things to write. And yes, I will end Path of the Pale Rider. It's not an ongoing. I have the ending already. So I know how it ends. Um, I just need a whole other arc to get it there. Okay. And how, how many issues total are we talking about? So around 12 or 13 um in an arc, well, it was 13 for the first one. I might be at 12 for the second one. That's one thing I won't do, is I won't write a fluff issue, like, just to make it 13, like yeah. the first one. If we're at 12, we're at 12. Yeah. You know, I have so much substance in each issue that if we get to that that last final battle, that resolution, we're going to get to it when we get to it, you know? So I have 13, and then I probably have around 12 or 13, depending on how that one resolves. So I'll probably do about the same in the third issue. And I got to tell you, first arc is nuts, right? I mean, yeah. as you can see by my issue number one, I don't pull punches. There's conspiracy theories. Judy has a heck of a path to walk. Arc number two doubles down on that. I've had, I've let a few people read out what I have and they all tell me the same thing. Arc number one is great. Arc number two, that much better. It's so fabulous. It's like you can't put it down. So, um, yeah, it's a wild ride. 
It just doesn't stop. Once we get to eight, I've I've keep telling people eight is my favorite. Once we hit eight, it's like it does not stop. It does not slow down. It gets you through to the end, and then when you pick up an arc number two, I just blow everything up and we go again. So, <laughs> do you have any plans to do like trade paperbacks as you as you go on with it? Trade paperbacks. Yeah, as far as collecting the arcs into the single single book. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like a volume or an omnibus, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the plans are to do uh, four and do a volume uh, five through eight volume and then nine yeah. through 13 for a third one for the first arc. Yeah. That's the intention. So Yeah, because yeah, when, once we get further along, there's no way I'm letting anybody touch these. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, and the ones that we did don't even have a barcode. Like, that's how much of a noob we were. Yeah, I was. You know what I mean? So we're going to be barcoding going forward. Oh, nice. There you go. Mm-hmm. That way, for the retailer uh, incentives yep. and everything. Beautiful. Yep, because there are retailers that are, are currently carrying us and that uh, want to carry. You know what I mean? They're just like, when it, I had, I was like, I'll take four of every cover you have. And I was like, uh, I'm also out of my variants. He's like, sucks to be me. <laughs> well, so, hey, that, that just, that shows you how good you're doing. If you're sold out of all your variants, that's fantastic. We've been we've been sold out of variants for a long time. Good, <laughs> they're gone. Um, and I don't want to really print more because they're so exclusive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't want to make it less exclusive for the people that come out and back us on the Kickstarter. Like yeah. those are the true people that I appreciate because they're making the the dream come true. You know what I mean? It's great to have people wait until the end and want a physical copy and want me to hand it to them. But again, if that Kickstarter isn't successful, we don't have an issue. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So, any, anything that I can do to appreciate those Kickstarter fans, I'm here for you. I, I listen. That's awesome. Well, everybody, you got to find Kickstarter on Friday, but where else can everybody find you out there on the internet? Everywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, the big one is the Facebook group. <laughs> So if you want to go on Facebook, you go to the little search option and type in Path of the Pill Writer. I have a page and I have a group. Choose the group. The group is where we have fun. Like I, I was like, caption this today. Um, so we have like caption contests. I'll do behind the scenes. Um, that's the one that kind of like gets all the art updates, everything. It gets first before everything else. Okay. So there's there. I have an Instagram, which is at path underscore of underscore the underscore etc etc it's path of the pale writer with an underscore in between all the words i also have a tiktok it's the same as the instagram so it's at path of the pale writer underscore all the words um i'm on twitter it's at path pale writer i have a web page www.pathofthepalewriter.com um yeah i'm everywhere um and i love fan interaction so if you have questions and like if you're on the Kickstarter and you want something specific and I haven't listed it in the rewards, send me a message. I'll make it available for you. Hmm. I did plenty of that in the last one, you know, where it's like I would sign copies of the the eight copy and someone was like, I want a bigger copy signed. And I'm like, absolutely, I'll do that for you. Why not? You know, nice. um, so it, it, I, I cater to everybody. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 a great fan experience. I will make sure you're happy. Uh, <laughs> I didn't talk about my crazy stretch goal. Go ahead. Go so ahead. I have a crazy stretch goal. Okay. Go for okay, it. So we talked about like 
coloring the issues, sending out prints, you know what I mean? Like, everybody likes extra merch and blah, blah. If we get to $12,000, I will put on a red dress and go chop watermelons with a machete (laughs) for you. And I have three machetes. I will let you guys vote on which one I use. So we'll have an experience together. Yeah. Oh, man. I really want you to hit that goal. I know. It's going to be so much fun. I will dress up like I'm going to high school prom, pull out a machete like I'm Diana Prince, and chop the shit out of some watermelon because that's how I roll. So, I mean, something for fun. You know what I mean? It's just... So that's my crazy stretch goal. <laughs> Seriously, if you're still listening and you haven't paused it to go into the Kickstarter, why? what are you doing? Pause. Go to the Kickstarter. Come back in a minute. <laughs> I got lots of cool stuff. I mean, I didn't even go through all the rewards. Um, if people, you know, if you're if this comes out before Friday, I don't know if it will, but, like, the launch party, I will go through the entire page. We'll watch all the videos. I'll talk about all the reward levels and what they are and, what's going on and who did the art and what's available and um, I'm going to have a preview of the, the the spread cover for Path of the or excuse me the Choose Your Own Path like what I did there yeah, nice. yeah. not Choose Your Own Adventure it's Choose Your Own Path um, yeah I'll just I'll fill everybody in and then uh, when it goes live you can just go in and pick the one you want and do your add-ons and well, I'll be happy it'll be fun I'm looking forward to it I'll be nervous as hell, but I'll still have fun. You know what? Yeah, uh, you, you've you've got my backing. As soon as, as soon as I as soon as I get a chance, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, we're still here and we're not blown away. No, no you'll be that. okay. I'm knock on wood. Right. You guys will be all right. This isn't our first rodeo. <laughs> right. I was gonna say if you've been around in Florida long enough, I'm sure that you know. Well, oh, we do. I have a neighbor that's from um, Montana, and the only hurricane that's... freaking out? <laughs> no, but this is when Irma, the only hurricane that's hit us since, you know, a uh, hundred years, I think. And she came over and asked me questions, and I, I you know, because we were boarding up and everything, and I just told her, <laughs> well, the only thing I can tell you is the anxiety you're feeling right now, because no hurricane... Sometimes... We were prepared, and we didn't even get any rain. You know, there's a jet stream here. Um, My instructor used to say, we're protected by Indians. In Tampa, there's an Indian burial mound. And they say that that's, I mean, it's, you know, believe what you want. But people say that's what's protected us from the hurricanes. And Katrina was coming directly at us, which was terrifying. And I am very sorry for the people in New Orleans. Um... But it was bearing down on us, and that year we had four hurricanes coming one after another, all spaghetti models showing us. And, you know, I'm working overtime at my job, I'm frazzled, I don't have time, and at the last minute they veer away. Uh, Even Irma, that did hit us, it was a Category 5. And I remember I'm watching the weather, and the weather guy was really good, and he was saying, look... You know, we've got to get through this. This is just stay positive, you know, and okay. And then all of a sudden, wait, it dropped to, it It was almost a two, but it dropped down to one. He goes, wait a minute. Okay, and he explained why. He goes, okay, we got this. Well, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and we did. But 
You don't know. I mean, one could hit, but they always, and like I said, I got up today and it started going down south, um, which I'm sorry about the people down south. I'm told that they can handle it better than we can here. Um, I don't know how they feel about it, but yeah, if you live here, if you live anywhere, you've got something you deal with. And um, I, my mom was trying to convince me not to move to California because of earthquakes. And the magazine I worked at, the art director, told me, you know, Don, I don't know how you can stand to live in Oklahoma with all the tornadoes. And I said, my mom didn't want me to come here because of the earthquakes. And then he went back to work and he thought for a while. And he goes, you know, I guess wherever you live, there's always something. But then you get used to it. Whatever, <laughs> you know, is the issue of your area, it's kind of like, oh, it's old hat. You know what I mean? We've yeah. gone through it. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no matter where you live, you can get Path of the something. Pale Rider, which Rook recommends at the highest point, and so do I. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We're going to have a lot of fun this campaign. I'm I'm looking forward to, to growing again. It's like all the growth that happened between one and two, we're going to do it again between two and three. You know what I mean? We're just going to keep keep going, keep doing fun experiences, um, keep the, um, the riddles going. Rook, you better go solve that riddle. I want to see you there tonight. I'll tell you what. Solve it, um, because you can't solve rule. You can't solve the second one without the first one. I'm just gonna put that out there. Anyway, people, we have fun. Uh, as you can see, I love uh, nerd culture. I love, you know, movies and video games and books, and it's all in there when you look hard enough. Uh, and the story is wild. We're going for a wild ride with Jude St. Clair and the apocalypse, and um, you get to make up your mind about. What do you think broke the death process? Hmm. <laughs> Come along. Come along for the ride. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got a theory about it, but... <laughs> really? Well, we'll leave that for my video. <laughs> okay, yes. Yes. I, I haven't any... No one has guessed it. No one has actually, actually guessed it yet. But oh, I love hearing all the crazy off. conspiracy theories because they're awesome. I mean, you just wait till you see this video, Rook. It's insane. Can't wait. <laughs> love it. Love it. I love every minute of it. So, having fun. Nice. Right? That's, that's what the it's best. about. That's, that's the best way to be about it. You know, that's the that's something that... Because I, I missed the last time you were on the show. And when I went and got the chance to finally listen to that episode, I'm like, holy crap. This is... There's so much. She's so passionate. <laughs> She's got so many ideas. It's just... Like, I started texting Don. I'm like, oh, my God, this was a great show. Holy cow. <laughs> it was a great show. It. Aww. And poor Don, he was, like, <laughs> just, like, silent, just, like, frowning. I, I already well, I had the... I, I kept... I kept losing trains of thoughts because, like I said, my mind folded over itself, and I kept... Wait a minute. And I kept going back to stuff, and... I, I wasn't, I needed you, buddy, because I, I came in, just she had me tied up and on the ground beating me, and I'm like, what, what, what's going on you here? You know what? That's what I do. It's so funny because, you know, a lot, a lot of times I come in, I'm like full makeup and hair done, and I'm wearing <laughs> like pink, and you know, I look like a girl, and people are like, let's talk about your comic book, and I'm like, it's about death and dying and blood and all this heavy <laughs> stuff, and people are like, who is this? Like, they just look at me like, this does not match. Not match. I didn't so, come into the interview like, with any preconceived notions. <laughs> I didn't come in with any preconceived notions, but you got me anyway. I um, 
my mind kept going down these different paths and she kept pulling them out all the time like what okay and I'm, I've got questions I'm trying to ask but I kept going back to other point yeah it was insane um, I'll have that linked on the blog too that old old episode so people go back and listen to the first interview if you want to hear more about the world building because we talked about like the food chain and like uh, how the government would react how uh, the technology changes, um, how weapons change, um, you know, everything. We talk a bit in depth about how this world actually functions. We didn't really go into too much of that here um, because we've already done that. Mm-hmm. But if you're interested more about the mechanics of how things work, go pull up that one that we did in April and uh, li- give it a listen because you're going to find out there's things in there that... Um, will astound you. <laughs> Sweet. Absolutely. For anybody who's, who's looking for that last episode uh, that we talked, or, well, that you guys got to talk, uh, that was episode 320. You're going to definitely find that on the blog. And it'll be linked to this episode, too. Uh, and if you oh, didn't okay. know, cool. everything we talk about on the show, there's an example, and there's a link on, on each episode on the blog. So just go to it. And the 75 links that Lori spelled out those will be on there too so if you're driving or working you don't have to write them down just go to the blog and you'll find you'll find all the ways to contact her (laughs) (laughs) i was like path of the pale rider and like i have buddies of mine that write and they're like their titles of their books are like rays avalon and i'm like path of the Hell, yeah, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's there's no mistaking that you're on the right, that you found the right thing that way. You know, it's like, okay, type it all in, and oh my God, look at the content. (laughs) Right, yeah, I mean, I'm all over the place. If you Google me, if you go to YouTube and type in my name, if you go to Spotify and type in my name, I've done a, a ton of interviews. Uh, but that's how it's it's like when you're doing a Kickstarter, that's your goal. Number one is exposure, because if you have a, a, an idea and people that you know want to get behind it, they just have to know you exist. Yeah. They can't back you if they don't even know you exist. Exactly. So I'm you out can. here talking every day. I have yeah. two interviews tomorrow. I got one on Thursday. We launch on Friday. I got about another 25 interviews under uh, between now and the end of October. I'll be around. Excellent. Sweet. Well, and you are welcome back here anytime. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I always have fun talking to you guys. And um, yeah, any, anytime you want to, you know, have any guests, just be like, hey, Lori, I'll be like, we can pick a subject. I don't care what. Let's talk about it. I'm here. Nice. Thank you very much. Thank you guys for having me on. All right. For everybody listening. We always use fake comic book covers on the Facebook page and the Facebook group. Uh, we can't pay you because we don't have any money, but you live on an infamy, and if you'll allow us to, we'll add it to the cover gallery of the blog. A lot of people enjoy these. You may not think you draw well. I hear people say all the time, I love them. A lot of people comment on them, so just don't be afraid. Throw one at us. Uh, you can find it on the contact page of the blog. If you're any kind of musician, recording artist, singer, Um, I've said mimes in the past. I'm still waiting for that. But if we don't have a guest, we have a music break. And Rook is always complaining about I keep playing the same artist over and over again. Um, Same thing. A lot of people. So much jazz. (laughs) (laughs) A a lot of people have sent me stuff, and I go, I don't know if you're gonna like it. I've actually loved every one of them, and a lot of people have commented on them. So 
send one over we'll add it to the music spotlight on the blog as well and we have a t-shirt um, got two different designs it's not to make money it's just to raise hosting fees so listen to the show wear the shirt Rook everybody find us bunchdorks.com click on that Cyclops in the meantime read or Comics. You can hear our most recent 20 episodes on iTunes. If you would like to hear our older episodes, you can find them on our blog. Just go to bunchofdorks.com and click, click on, on the Cyclops. True Dimension can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe, rate, leave a review, call a friend, or like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back.